Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. I'm Scott Taylor, the Data Whisperer, and I'm delighted to be your host for this podcast series. I'm the principal consultant at MetaMeta Consulting. We help organizations tell their data story by reinforcing the strategic value of proper data management. In this podcast, I'll be joined by Andy Eisenman, head of technology, cloud, and data at Heathrow Airport, Mark Smith, general manager of Microsoft Solutions, and Nick Bellotti, account director at Adatus. We got a full house today. We're going to be discussing the optimization of data to aid businesses in a post-pandemic economy with an example from Adatus about assisting Heathrow to be a smarter and more responsive organization with their partnership from Microsoft. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, good. Yeah, all doing good. Very good. Wonderful. Great to have all of you with us today. So, so Mark, let's let's start with you here. What impact has COVID had on data and cultural transformation? Uh, well, I, I think we've seen an amazing amount of actually transformation since uh, since COVID um, hit what was eighteen months ago uh, now, and it's driven transformation faster than anything I think we've ever seen before. Um, not just for customers, but also for Microsoft, for our partners. Um, and probably the most conversations that I have with uh, with, with the customers of, of Microsoft and uh, executives is all around how they can leverage data uh, and how can they can become a much more data-driven um, organization. Um, but the thing that actually drives that is you t- we talk about becoming a data-driven organization, but it actually starts with culture. Uh, and there's got to be a cultural shift um, to that as well. If I give an example uh, from a Microsoft perspective is um, um, historically we we have uh, something called an MS poll, Microsoft poll, where would we take feedback from uh, all our employees globally uh, and we'd look at that and we'd look at the data uh, and start looking at do they have the right tools, the right equipment, um, uh, what about the processes, what's their feedback. But actually now we're leveraging a daily pulse uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, to, to respond to employees' needs to continue working. Do they have what they need to, to work? What help they, they need? How can we help them stay connected and be productive um, as well? So I think I think we've really seen that cultural shift from using data in a semi-regular um, basis to actually really um, data driving a daily driven uh, transformation for us. Uh, we're also seeing um, more and more examples of data sharing to provide improved citizen and customer experiences. At Tesco, we've seen leveraging health data to identify vulnerable, uh, to prioritize for home deliveries. And in the, in, at CDC, we've seen a bot to respond to citizens for the need for pandemic information, as well as a guide for government response and, and policy. So we've really seen a huge shift um, and I think coming back actually post-COVID, there really is that insight that's needed on the customer, on, on the citizens, and, and having that at the fingertips for, for organizations to actually make much better informed decisions in real time. That's really interesting and to have that forcing factor of COVID create this newer approach or more uh, data-oriented approach, and you got to figure we're not going back. Right, we'll stay with those in the future. A lot of those benefits are here to stay. Andy, I I know you've a lot going on at Heathrow. Yeah, I know you've launched this uh, Heathrow Insights platform, referred to as HIP. 
How have you managed it from a data-centric approach? What can you share with us about that platform? Uh, we, we were very, very fortunate, I think, that we uh, started our um, data journey just before um, the pandemic hit our industry. Um, uh, because right at this moment, uh, being data-centric couldn't be any more important to us. Um, the world of um, aviation and transport fundamentally changed uh, last year, and uh, we are now having to um, forecast more frequently, forecast faster. Um, a lot of the historic data sets um, are fundamentally um, invalid in the new world that we're working in. So being data-centric and having a single source of the truth in terms of how our business has operated uh, yesterday, a week ago, a month ago, is really um, it, it, it is really key to us driving um, our business forwards in this new world. Um, all of the transformation we will do will be reliant on data. All of the relationships that we establish with new B2B customers, such as our retailers, um, will be based on data, and it will have to um, be... Um, focused on the data that we've been able to um, gather during this pandemic and will continue to gather um, as, um, as we come out. So this uh, HIP has really become this trusted source for the business, for folks to find that truth and what's derived the right kind of meaning out of the data that you've got across the organization. Absolutely. And as a technology department, we can then really focus on uh, data quality and data cataloging and um, maybe some of the less glamorous areas of um, of the data ecosystem to make sure that when uh, we present that data back out to our analysts, our data scientists and our forecasters, um, we're giving them uh, data sets that they can be really, really confident with, um, potentially um, data sets they haven't worked with um, previously. So that, that confidence um, that can come from a centralised approach that comes from a well-engineered single source of the truth um, um, is more important than ever um, for us. Beautiful. Maybe less glamorous, but no less important, building that foundation no matter what. Nick, let's hear your thoughts too. Do you have any use case examples of how the partnership aided Heathrow's data journey and initiatives? Yeah, so we were um, introduced into Heathrow via Microsoft because um, we'd done um, work at other major airports. And the Heathrow engagement was such an interesting one because the, the clarity of vision they had for their, their Heathrow Insights platform, the HIP, we could just see how powerful it was going to be. Um, and we were brought on as technology specialists to try and um, support that Heathrow Insights platform and start to derive insight from it. So, for example, they had a, a cargo project where Heathrow had data from flights and internal systems. And another um, company called Nallium was used to enrich that, um, that, that flight data. And, and so our work on the central platform um, allowed all that data to get mashed together fundamentally to allow true insight to be gained from it. So, for example, um, we could then uh, allow Heathrow to analyze cargo trends, have a look at what cargo was on planes, optimize routes um, based on that information, make different decisions on routes and decisions on cargo types, destinations, even tracking of medical equipment and transportation of COVID vaccines, that type of thing. So the work we were able to do by enriching that data in the platform just allowed that sort of insight to be to be derived. Um, another good project was um, the Retail Insights project that they, uh, they got us involved in as well. So they had um, lots of data and information from uh, retailers in the airport, 
um, for people like Chanel, Harrods, etc. And again, by centralizing that data and allowing it to be enriched, it allowed Heathrow to anticipate shop sale figures, track that on a daily basis, identify promotions and the impact of them, uh, and produce predictions of sales, which help with forecasting, um, and yet essentially help them to to increase um, increase their profit. But yeah, they were two two good use cases that we worked on that that seemed to have good um, good value. Andy, what about from from your perspective? Well, the, the the two use cases that uh, Nick talks about are, are great examples of how aviation has been um, turned on its head um, in 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 twenty twenty. The cargo industry has been severely disrupted within aviation um, because the bulk of the world's cargo travels underneath passengers. I mean, commercial airlines flying um, all over the world. So we really had to respond to how um, we were able to keep the cargo markets open um, uh, whilst there was a a significant lack of passengers travelling above wing. And it was uh, the partnership and the work we did and the data that we exposed through the cargo project that's enabled um, our uh, teams at Heathrow to to respond to that. And... um, to give you an example of how important that is to us, you know, Heathrow is the is the biggest port in the UK. We uh, were receiving and, and and delivering vast quantities of PPE, um, of the vaccines themselves, whether they be coming in or out of the country, um, as well as all of the other goods that we um, we as a world enjoy um, traveling from one country to another. So. So having that data available to us uh, and allowing us to pivot in a market that we had never seen before was um, was was super critical. In the retail insight space, um, again, we saw huge changes in the retail sector. The you know we've we've lost a number of big brands um, in the UK, high street um, over the pandemic. Um, some of those brands were working uh, with us um, at Heathrow and um, being able to assess the market, assess which brands are relevant to and to our passengers is, is super important, as well as understanding things like um, people's desire to eat in a, res- a restaurant at Heathrow, the capacity of the stores we have. I mean, there are, there are endless examples of um, how that data has given us insight and allowed us to respond accordingly to the situation we find ourselves in. I think people don't really appreciate kind of the work that goes on behind the scenes to maximize and optimize those selections of different brands within an airport terminal versus the operational side, the pure operational side. There's a lot going on there at a whole bunch of different levels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, retail is 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 very much op- optimized to the markets that um, that we serve. So if we see changes in markets in terms of where passengers are flying to and from, then the retail offerings that that we offer need to be in, in line with the markets we serve. Otherwise, we're not providing passengers with a uh, a passenger facing offering that is is applicable to the the, the customers that we have. Uh, I've certainly spent more than my share of time at Heathrow, and I know there's a pretty wide selection of of brands there to choose from to uh, shop and eat. That's for sure. So good work all around. Um, so. Andy, can you talk us through the core areas of the partnership in terms of success points and how that aligned again with the uh, data? So, um, so we actually started just before uh, the pandemic began, probably at uh, late 2018, where our technology department um, was starting to look at new ways of working. And one of the concepts um, that was introduced um, by our director of technology, Leanne Lynch, was the concept of pods. 
And we were testing and prototyping teams that consisted of all of the skill sets that were required in order to be able to deliver on a platform. And the Microsoft platform was the first platform that we chose to do this with. So we started building teams that incorporated project management and architecture and product ownership and service into a into a single team rather than in the historical hierarchies of discipline that you would see in a traditional IT department. After the uh, um, after the pandemic hit, we went through a large restructuring process where the entire technology organization has now been aligned with this pod culture and each of the pods focusing specifically on platform areas. And the real advantage of this is that we've been able to drive better relationships with with Microsoft. We've been able to drive uh, better relationships with Adatis because the people that we're putting forward to um, to engage with these uh, partners have a much deeper knowledge of the platform, the technology, the subject matter. So it's it's been a bit of a revolution for us. How's that pod structure really organized? Can you dig a little deeper into that? Is it you know SMEs? Are they representative across the organization? So our data pod, um, as an example, has has a lead uh, myself, um, and then um, the pod is made up of um, product owners who are here to live and breathe the product that we are trying to create, and we wanted to create an environment by which those who built the product also serviced the product after it had gone live to really give it a feeling of ownership. We then complement the product owner with a delivery lead who is very much focused on uh, making sure that all of the contractuals are smoothed out, all of the budgeting is uh, is taken care of, all of the time and planning uh, takes place. We run um, Agile with the Datis. So all of the um, ceremonies around that is organized by the delivery lead. Um, then we try and land a really strong um, architect in, in the space who's there to, to take accountability of the, the architectural focus that we have. And then we may have some additional SMEs around the side. So I, uh, I have a data governance manager who's making sure that we're in the right space there. But I also have a GIS um, subject matter expert who absolutely focuses on that particular area because it's a it's an important area to us and we can pull people in and out of that pod but the core of the team that delivered the product is the same core of a team that will ultimately service that product right the way through to the end of its life. Oh interesting organizational structure. Nick, from your perspective, anything you can add about the partnership? Um, yeah, no, it was um, coming into Heathrow um, the vision was all there, so they had a very clear vision of, of where they wanted to get to. Um, they just needed help, and they, they realized they needed help from different partners to, to make it a reality and to accelerate it. And I guess that's what um, lining up with a partner does. It accelerates your outcomes. Um, so we went in um, to Heathrow once we understood what they wanted, um, and we, we had a, a setup of a team where we had a, an overarching architect um, that sat above all of our teams that worked with Heathrow's um, architect lead to make sure they were aligned with best practice and, and that the architecture was in place to fulfill all of their future use cases. So we had that sort of governance approach at the top. We then have a DevOps lead sort of um, horizontal to that. And the DevOps lead um, was someone who would work with Heathrow around their backlog of things they wanted to deliver and they're more business as usual things in the platform they wanted uh, us to deliver. 
So we had a team of a dedicated resource working through that backlog and delivering business as usual stuff into the platform. But then we also had a shared resource, which is our, our support team supporting the Heathrow Insights platform. So we've got support desk there supporting them through. But then we have the flexibility with this setup that whenever Heathrow come with a, a quite a powerful use case, so they want to ingest data into that platform like retail or cargo, we would spin up a development squad and then deliver the use case in that way. So I think the way we laid ourselves out and aligned with Heathrow allowed us to, to really get to know their teams, to be constantly in communication. And that is a real key for the successful delivery of these, of these partnerships. Um, and we had shared values and culture anyway. So, so that worked really well. But I guess, yeah, the partnership mainly helps accelerate delivery. You can gain, I suppose, Heathrow will be able to gain from our experiences, from our user community and our other, other, other clients. And, and, and as Andy alluded to, um, Heathrow are an agile organization and a data to deliver everything via Agile. So we were able to impart our knowledge of Agile uh, and our ways of working with Agile and our ways of working with DevOps to help them have a much more um, governed operation with their data platform. So that's that's what the partnership can bring. Um, but yeah, it's been a really enjoyable experience so far. Just that concept of shared values. I don't think people focus on that enough overtly you know, declaratively, and it, and it's such an incredible element in any partnership, for sure. It, it really is. And it, it's funny, because the datas have core values that we, we embed with everything that we do. Yes, when we're hiring, we have core values that we look for in people. But also when we're implementing, we take those core values. And they're things like uh, people first, know is okay, um, share and be transparent, and, and build with heart and balance. And it's those type of things. And it's funny because when you're when you're in those discussions with clients in early stages, it, it sometimes can be a bit cheesy talking about those areas. But but we didn't with Heathrow. We talked about them, and it was it was very important to them the values, and that was really refreshing that they were interested in our values and they want they chose us based on those uh, as a part, so that we could um, yeah work a successful project together. So yeah, you're quite right. It is a really important bit that shouldn't be underlooked. Great validation there. And squads and pods. I picked that up. So I don't know if that's got team shirts later on that, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, so, so Mark, you know, every organization has got to start somewhere. And so for organizations and companies looking to enhance their data, what are the fundamental starting blocks of that data journey? And what areas of the organization need to be accountable? Um, I think the key thing, Scott, is actually... Every organization has a huge amount of data um, today, uh, but it's what they're doing with the data is, uh, is often a question um, about it. And um, I think one of the key things that we really do see is what's the, what's the overall enterprise data strategy? Uh, and I think that, that that's key to have, uh, to have that strategy for, from a left to right perspective. Um, apply a growth mindset um, to actually the, the strategy and the thinking, um, ensure you really start with the cultural journey um, as well. Um, but also pick a use case and just get started uh, with it. You don't need to solve for every data set right from from the get go, uh, and you can iterate whilst whilst on that journey. So it's really about that that starting small uh, and then just that iterative processes throughout it, but aligning to the strategy that you have. Uh, and also taking everyone on that cultural journey throughout the process and how they can leverage data 
and actually look at a single single uh, version of the truth rather than uh, multiple departments having different Excel spreadsheets or different um, uh, reporting is, is having that enterprise data uh, capability. Um, and really, there are huge data capabilities through technology. Um, but then it comes back to people and process and that data culture. Um, and we both see the need to drive support from the leadership and, and stakeholders from the top down, but also really to engage communities of champions across the business to so that bottom up um, approach as well. So it, it can't be just one or the other. It really is um, a, a case to really drive um, engagement from the leadership, but also building communities of champions of best practices um, to share that information, how they're leveraging uh, the data, and then to really start using and utilizing data to run the business and provide those insights on a daily basis um, to make those uh, better informed decisions. That overall data strategy, no matter what, at any organization has to enable the strategic intentions of that enterprise. Otherwise, it's kind of offline and doesn't really do what it's supposed to do. You, but you listed a, a, a tremendous number. People are taking notes there. You hit all those things and you've, you've definitely got a successful journey on your hands. Nick, what about you? Any thoughts on this in terms of starting out? Yeah, I mean, for, from our point of view, ownership and strategy from the top is, yeah, as been said, is the most important element. Those overarching business goals that the organization want to achieve have to be laid out and it has to have support and sponsorship from the very top for it to be successful. And not to underestimate the teams you've got to have in place. So you've got to have the right teams, you know, data owners, data stewards, the proper architects. So knowing that, that, that this is a, a journey you're going on as well, um, and it's going to grow and evolve and you have to build up and keep this watered and fed. It's not just a, an implementation of a solution that you can just then leave, as with any IT implementation. But once you've got those aligned business goals, strategic pillars, whatever they are, then to start that journey, select specific use cases that are going to be the most easy to implement. Um, so, And that's mainly based on availability of data, but also what are going to have the biggest impact into that business. And then when you've got those two things aligned, you should be able to pick some use cases that will fit that bill. Then you want to deliver a foundational platform that will, one, deliver those use cases um, so you can ingest the data for those use cases, however big they be, but prove out that platform to the organization from ingestion through to transformation through to delivery of, of the reports on the, on the, on, on the, at the end. And then once you've proved that concept, make sure that your the architecture that you build, and this is where partners can help, is fit for purpose for all of your strategic initiatives moving forward, be that, um, you know, predictive analytics, info labs, um, AI, whatever you want to use it for, make sure that architecture is fit to, to, to scale, which the Microsoft platform does, does better than any other, really. And then, yeah, and then it organically grows. So every time, like Heathrow, have a, an interesting use case, every time they ingest data into that platform, they get new insight. And so now we've got this foundational platform in place. You can then bring in data of new use cases. You could even allow subject matter experts to browse that information in a data lake in something like Power BI or a visualization tool of your choice just to find you know, useful information in the data. And then you can choose to curate and, and implement that data properly. So that's where I think you need to start, choosing specific use cases, putting in a foundational platform, but always... Uh, returning to those business goals and are we achieving our business goals? 
it's that combination of head in the clouds and feet on the ground here to make sure you've you're you're enabling those strategic intentions but delivering sometimes what looks like tactical value immediately so people see what that works all about definitely definitely the more the more pretty reports you can get in front of people the sooner the better of course sure so got one more time for one more kind of crystal ball round robin here. So I'd love to hear from all of you reflecting on the past two years and how you've seen this project come about. Where do you see data transformation heading in the future? Why don't we hear from Andy first? Yeah, I mean, um, building on Nick's point earlier, it's the it's the people, process, technology piece, and understanding how you can bring all of those components together. Um, for us, that means that um, we um, continue to develop a business model that strengthens our partnership with the data and with Microsoft. And, and, and for me, I think the future is creating these um, multi-company, high-performing teams that can really embrace all of the strengths that, that, that each of the partners bring in order to, to achieve that overall strategy that a business may be looking for. Mark, what are your thoughts on the, on the future? I think there's just a, an amazing opportunity. Um, and if you think the amount of data that is um, being created and more data being created, I think we're seeing by 2025, there's going to be 175 zettabytes of, of data uh, being created. And, and what's being created just at Heathrow itself through the opportunities with IoT, Clickstream, the opportunities to continue to innovate are absolutely limitless uh, and, and, and Microsoft's vision and we'll do it in the partnership with uh, with Heathrow and Adatus um, is to help create that simplicity to democratize the data for all in a compliant transparent way um, and in reality data is the central aspect to any digital transformation. Nick what, what are you thinking in terms of where it's all going next? So I guess from a delivery partner point of view the vast majority of our projects always were foundational. So a lot of the work we were doing was putting in the foundations because everybody wants to do the cool stuff right at the beginning. Everyone wants to do, um, you know, AI and data science, and, and that's a term that's thrown about a lot and, and means many different things to many different people. Um, but what we're seeing now is all of those organizations that got in early, started building out these platforms early, they're now at a maturity stage where they can really start to reap the benefits. So the things that I see in the future is we've got so much great technology um, that is enabled by organizations like Microsoft that allows you to leverage powerful data and AI, uh, machine learning, um, and access to, to data in, in a way that you've never had before. So data like storage is so cheap now, and you can uh, allow data scientists access to it to apply really powerful models and, and predictive models to that data. So what I see is that now that people have reached that maturity and they've got those platforms in place, they can really start to use data and AI, and, and AI specifically in really, really powerful ways with their data. So I think apart from people talking about it and saying, yeah, we want to do predictive analytics, I see now we're actually utilizing it and organizations will genuinely be data-driven. That's the big leap. Just talking about it to actually doing it is where everybody wants to go. So great stuff, gentlemen. I want to thank Andy, Mark, and Nick for joining us and providing that insight. I really think you gave people an interesting perspective on what a true partnership is all about, a common vision, common values, and of course, common data makes it all work. 
So any of you listeners out there who want to hear more information or get more information on what we discussed today, please head over to the adatis.co.uk website. Meanwhile, for the folks at EM360, until next time, this is Scott Taylor, the Data Whisperer. Thanks again for listening.